everyone, this is Quinn Sodoli from Racing Louisville Academy. As a listener of Soccer Chat, we're excited to offer you a special registration date for the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. Just use the promo code hashtag chat23 to register for only $375 to join Nick and my dad at the largest gathering of soccer coaches, administrators, and fans. Remember, use the code hashtag chat23 and we'll see you at the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention. For coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sutterling. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year 2023. Can you believe it? Because I sure as heck can't. And it's just that time again for another edition of Soccer Chat. We've got some great friends that support the show that is for coaches and by coaches. Our our good friends over at Dutik Brand. Make sure to check out DutikBrand.com for all your coaching accessory needs. And make sure while you're there, use the promo code SOCCERCHAT and get yourself a sweet discount. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, how was the holidays? It it was great, man. I We were joking about it before we uh, got online today, but... The best part about having a kid is they are so disinterested with the actual gifts and so much more interested in the boxes and bubble wrap that the gifts come in. So yep. Will is starting to finally play with his toys. He also loves cords, buddy. Stop. <laughs> so, oh sorry. yeah. He, no, uh, they're, they're, this is this is the life of a of a parent. This is he's trying to rip the laptop cord off right now. <laughs> but Will, come here. All right, I'm just putting you in my lap. Sorry, Will. John, we can cut this, right? <laughs> no, no, this is staying in. This is staying <laughs> in. because so, so we try to tell you all, like, we're the most professional, unprofessional podcast. And then now that we're both dads, and, and this is now, like, traveling back years to when we started the show where I was having to run around and, and grab Duke or Quinn and Nick's, like, on the other side. He now understands. Uh, I do. So, so yes, Will Will's making his soccer chat debut. He has no clue uh, about this, and nor does he even care uh, about this. Um, but Will, we are so happy that you are you are finally making your debut. Yeah, people can't see on screen, but he is happily bouncing in front of the screen right now. Um, but yeah, no, it's funny. I think the most amazing thing to me now that I'm a parent is the fact that we used to record these from like ten thirty to midnight. And I was fine because I was a single dude, like, and like I was, I could sleep until like nine o'clock the next day. Mm-hmm. The fact that you were able to do this and wake up at five o'clock the next day yep. and like deal with these little ones is just incredible to me because I feel like I'm tired all the time still. Oh yeah, and it, it only gets worse. Um, we were we were kind of joking the other night because um, my wife for Christmas got herself a puppy, so now we have two children and two dogs in our house. Um, and the whole puppy is like having uh, an infant again, and it drives me insane. Um, and it, it's to where like your routine changes. Um, and, and that's the thing, like I, I, I told my mom yesterday, like I'm now at the age and I, I know I'm 38, but I'm now at the age where I'm like, I've hit that true old status where like I have my routine. I want to be able to do my routine without any hiccups. Um, and so for me, like, now that you know we don't have training at 4 a.m like i can go back to my like watching tv in the evenings and like watching or, or doing interviews and things like that um later on in, in the in the evenings uh and so we moved the puppy's um crate into our our living room just because she has a bigger crate now and i can no longer do my late night 
TV watching. So it's like now I have to I go into bed, I put my laptop on and, and have to watch from there. Um, so yeah, your, your routine will consistently change. Um, and one of these days, Will is going to get that cord from your laptop. Um, oh. And the problem is that the day it happens, you're not even going to notice it. And you're going to be doing something super, super, super important uh, when, when he does it. And that's and that's the issue. Like I, I was I put this out on Facebook a little bit earlier today, but it's just amazing because like literally three weeks ago, he could not even move. Like you could put him in the middle of the living room and he couldn't scoot, couldn't do anything. And now he crawls like everywhere. And he was like trying to get our wine glasses out of our cabinet earlier today and like literally got a hold of one. And I'm like not paying attention. And of course, that's great parenting, right? Like totally not. Oh, for sure. Seventh month old kid. And he like has a wine glass stem in his hand. I'm like, oh no, mom. <laughs> um, so they are, uh, no one can see this, but they are currently up on a much higher cabinet now because this little stinker can get to them now, which yep, something Any, I was not prepared for. Anything that is within reach or if the, the worst is when they try to climb stuff to get to something. Yes. Um, and you like, you, you are now in that puppy phase where like you have to chase them everywhere and like grab them off of stuff. Um, oh, and like, and then he'll fall and he'll cry and he'll like lay on his back for a little bit. Like, dude, like you got to figure out that you're not capable of doing that yet. Like just, mm -hmm. just don't be, don't be sad when you made, when you're the one that made the dumb decision there. <laughs> and <laughs> have you enjoyed playing with his Christmas presents more than he has? Yes. Like that's the best part. He got a uh, soccer goal slash uh, basketball hoop and we have like in any parent, you have, we have like an infinite amount of balls. So like he'll be playing and he'll like essentially like just go fetch the balls and I'll be like shooting Jays from the other side <laughs> of the room just seeing how many, seeing what my free throw percentage would be from 10 feet away on a, a little mini hoop. Um, yep. It hasn't gotten any better. I I've been practicing <laughs> a lot. I still suck, but it's just like, I honestly, this is my one like conclusion of this. I feel for Shaq because when your hand is this big in relation to the ball, it's hard to get good rotation. It's hard to get good accuracy. Like people made fun of Shaq, but the dude has size million size hands. Yeah. And it's hard to like put your hand around the ball and get good rotation and accuracy. So if nothing else, this has given me a, a whole new appreciation and uh, <laughs> respect for any free throw Shaq ever made in his career because it is insanely difficult to do it with the ball smaller than your hands. All you seven foot basketball players, Nick is officially now on your team. I am with you guys. Like I, I am <laughs> totally with you guys. It is more difficult than uh, I initially imagined. Well, coming up next week, it, it's one of our, our favorite uh, events. It's the United Soccer Coaches Convention. It's going to be in Philadelphia. And if you haven't signed up, by now you need to do so by going to uh, register and use the promo code the pound sign or hashtag if you're living in 2023 um, hashtag chat 23 and get yourself a discount uh for for registering so if you haven't done that yet go do it now use the promo code hashtag chat 23 uh, and save yourself so if you were thinking like oh like maybe i might go i don't know maybe i want to save a little bit of money well here you go you get to save some money and still be able to attend by using the promo code chat hashtag chat 23. uh we've had some awesome presenters on uh over the last couple of weeks uh and and there's so many more that you know if you go you're going to be able to find out uh just you know if you've never been to convention before we talk about this around this time every year like Nick's first convention was like just amazing for him. Uh, my first convention was amazing for him. And you're going to hear from our guest today about how her first convention was amazing for her and has led to what she's doing now. Um, and, and I think, again, like it's something to where I try to tell everybody, like if you're, if you're ever going to go to one, just go to one. 
Like you can't go through your coaching career. Uh, I mean, you could go through your coaching career and not go to one, but if you just go to one uh, and, and get the experience, like you're going to come away with something. So again, if you haven't registered yet, use the promo code hashtag chat 23 uh, and save yourself some money on your registration. Uh, and then use that money that you save to, I don't know, get yourself a drink with, with Nick or something like that. He'll, he'll meet up with you. Um, but uh, you know, we ha- we have a super, super awesome guest who's running for board of directors for United soccer coaches. Uh, and, and here at soccer chat, uh, you know, we try to give a platform to anybody who, who's running for something. They can come on uh, and, and chat with us. And, and Sarah from the sports bar project uh, was, was able to reach out and we got connected and, and she's somebody that we've known for a while. I think she said it was 2018. I think when we first met her, um, and that we've known her for a while, we, we, we've seen uh, kind of what she's done with the Sports Bar Project and, uh, and and how that's grown so much. So it's awesome to have her her on today with us and tell you a little bit more about herself, but also why she's running the United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors. Hey, yo, mug shot, gun shot, dope shot, jump shot. Take your pick, but you only get one shot. Advice from a school teacher to a young top. Applying a sticker to a Spider-Man lunchbox. When even role models tell us we're born to be felons. We're never getting into Harvard or Carnegie nothing. And we gonna end up either robbing somebody or killing. It's not fair, that's all they can tell us. That's why I hustle hella hard, never celebrate a holiday. That'll be the day I could've finally hit the lottery. I refuse to ever lose or throw my Away, or chalk it up is just another one that got away So I'm unapologetic, I want my calisthenics If I have given it all I got, I cannot regret it My point of destination is different from where I was headed Cause I'm a shoot for the stars to get it I shot, I'm not throwing away my shot I said I'm not throwing away my shot Yo, I'm just like my country, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry And I'm not throwing away my shot I said I'm not throwing away my shot No, I'm not throwing away my shot We've got a very special guest with us today. Uh, you've heard us talk about the Sports Bar Project before. You've heard her on the show before, uh, our first time to the Wisconsin Symposium uh, for Wisconsin Women in Soccer. Uh, we got to talk with our good friend, Sarah Dwyer Schick from the Sports Bar Project. And we are happy to have her on because there's some big things going on. Uh, but Sarah, how's, how's things going? Going great. This year has been incredible. We have an office now, which is amazing. So the bras are out of my Ooh, dining room, which has okay. been, saved my marriage a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and friends don't look strangely when they come and sit at the table and see boxes of bras. So we have an office, which has been great. We've been growing um, things as things have gotten going after the pandemic. Um, a lot of the bras that we've been able to just kind of hadn't had anywhere to go and been collecting are now getting out, which has been great. Um, we've had some large donations and we're, yeah, moving along, which has been a lot of fun. Kind of traveling back when we, the first time that we talked to you, um, you know, kind of how did the Sports Bar Project get going? Like what was kind of the the idea behind it and what was finally that that kick drive that um, did get it started and, and off the ground? Um, it was kind of a small idea. Uh, like most of us, we travel for soccer and work with different people in different areas and different backgrounds um, and different uh, socioeconomic places. And uh, I think after being on a trips and working with different groups, you realize that you can provide all the programming, but if the girls don't have a bra, they're not going to tell usually the guy in charge, I'm not going to play because I don't have a bra because that's just an awkward conversation <laughs> most of the time. Um so I was going on a trip to Namibia. We'd sent school supplies and soccer equipment. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to 
Brinks and Bras. I know we're going to work with Namibian Football Association. There's a wonderful woman, Jackie, who we've still, we get bras to as often as we can, but there's not a lot of traffic to Namibia, so we don't do it as much as we'd like. But um, she does some really, really neat programming, Gals for Goals, sort of in very remote areas. If you've ever been to Namibia, I think remote doesn't even come close to what some of the areas are like um, there are no stores sometimes there's no running water and programs will come in and do sports but if the girls don't have a bra um, they don't play and I thought that's where she would want to give the bras and she asked if she could give them to her national team and I think I just kind of went what yes um, <laughs> but that's crazy you're in the capital city you have the most funding of anyone relative in that area and the women didn't have access to bras so when I came back, just talking to other female coaches, I think we were all expressing frustration about, you know, there's lots of issues with access to sports for women. Um, we can't address all of them, but the sports bra can address a piece and we can support programs addressing what they're doing. So it was just a little passion project. And uh, I think it uh, resonated more than I expected across soccer and across sports. So we as you met us really starting off in um, 20, was it 2018 at the Wisconsin Symposium? Yeah. That was yep. like one of our, I think our second event. We'd been to the um, Women Coaches Symposium in Minneapolis at University of Minnesota. And then that was our second event. And uh, 2020, February was the last event before things shut down for us. And right before then, we got our nonprofit status. So from 2018 to 2020, we really were working on getting all the legal pieces in order to grow. Um, so that's kind of where we are. And now we've uh, given bras to more than 30 countries. We've committed that 75% will stay in the U.S. So we can further that conversation, too. What's been kind of the you mentioned like with the national team needing them? Has, has there been a group where it was like it kind of caught you off guard of like, oh, hey, like this group needs our help, but I don't understand why. Um, I think a lot of the groups that you would think were funded are some of the large organizations that are doing amazing work and they're not providing bras with the kits that they give. They'll give socks and jerseys. Um, I think there isn't just one group. I think it's just been the sort of um, come. Uh, combination of stories that we've heard from different people and how varied the organizations are that also have a need from a tiny little nonprofit to a huge organization that you're like, you really, your organization isn't giving them bras. Um, so it's sort of been, I think the, the universalness of the conversation surprised me more than I expected. Um, it crosses levels of play and geography um, and sports. So we're not just soccer, much as that's, that's my bent. We really are all sports to all sports. Well, that was the part that I remember, like in the beginning that like, because it started with soccer, obviously with your background and everything. And then I, that was, I remember talking to you like, years ago about like how it was amazing that like how it quickly it expanded across sports and across different things. Yeah. I think I've been, it's been really fun for me to see some of the groups that we've gotten to work with and learn about other sports and what the differences are for girls and women in those sports as players, as coaches and administration but also what the similarities are. And I think that's been the kind of the, the thing that's been most exciting to me is that we there are so many similarities, whether we're giving bras to a group in India that's working to prevent child marriage or whether we're giving to a reservation, a volleyball team on a reservation in Montana. Some of those conversations are the same, even though they don't on the surface look the same. What um, for you has been kind of the uh, kind of that that moment where you finally got that sigh of relief of like, we're doing this. Cause I'm sure at the beginning, starting a, an organization like this, there's gotta be stresses, there's gotta be worries, but was there a moment where it just kinda, you just had a deep sigh and maybe sipped some coffee and was like, yeah, this is, this is going now. Um, 
think it's been a lot of little moments when you're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Or when you hear from somebody who heard it from like three different people ago, sort of that grapevine conversation. Uh, I think for to me, that's been sort of the, oh my gosh, we, we just did this. I think the signing the office lease last year was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we're really doing this and we're getting bigger. Um, and I, so now I can store things and actually work out of a place. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest we're, we're doing it. I think some of it's not been a sigh of relief. It's been like, oh my gosh, we just got bigger and now we have to adapt, <laughs> which is both fun and terrifying all at the same time. Well, the, obviously the, the kind of the, the big news in, in this season is, is now you're running for United Soccer Coaches Board of Directors where members can start voting on January 3rd, I believe, 3rd or 4th. Um, and then that concludes at convention. So how did, how did this come about? How did you decide, like, hey, I'm doing this, this nonprofit business and now I'm going to run for Board of Directors? Like, kind of take us through that. Um, well, I, as you said before, my background is soccer. I spent the first half of my career coaching college and then like all of us working at the youth levels, um, currently working with a recreational program, which is quite interesting, town-based program. Um, it's kind of going back to back to my roots or grassroots programs, as it were. Um, and I think some friends reached out when the voting opened and several reached out and said, this is the time that you should run and here's why. Um, I hadn't really... I'd, you know, it's been in the back of your mind on occasion, but a lot of what they said with what we're dealing with currently within sports really resonated. And I kind of was like, you know what, my background being as diverse as it is, having coached, you know, across the country, in different countries, working at different levels from AYSO through running the Eastern New York Girls North ODP program, high level clubs, rec level clubs, um, I've worked at each of the three NCAA divisions and with the junior college men's team. So I think that breadth of experience kind of gives me an idea. I may not be an expert in all of those areas, but I have connections as well as um, an understanding of the, some of the similarities and differences. So kind of with that in mind, um, I'm really, I think we're at a point where there's some serious conversations that are coming up um, and are up. Um, I think the pandemic pushed some of them forward as we got onto social media and I think we're at a point where we need to have those connections between groups. We may be like the group in India, you know, I, we don't, I don't have to deal with child marriage in the U.S., but they do. So can we support what they're doing using sport for social change and social good um, and further some of those conversations? Uh, and I think that's, you know, for me, that network within that the Sports Bar Project has both built, but also sort of illuminated to me has been, is one of the things that really... I think we need to do more of within the soccer community. There's so many neat organizations and people doing some great things, um, but we sometimes get stuck in our little bubbles because our lives get crazy and it's easier to stay with people we're comfortable with. But I think reaching out and finding where those areas have common ground is kind of what intrigued me about it. And I think um, United Soccer Coaches is an amazingly diverse organization, but it all, their representation isn't always as diverse as the playing population, which is more diverse than the coaching population, which is also more diverse than the administration. It kind of, um, the root is, is there's not one root. People ask what the magic wand is for more women or for pe more people of color or for more of their representation in different areas. And they want a magic wand. And I, I think there isn't one. I think it's building those connections. And that's, that's kind of what drew me towards thinking that this is something I could have an impact on with the board um, and give back to an organization. I went to my first convention as a college senior. So um, it's been part of my life for longer than I'll admit. I won't tell you. We, we won't ask you what year that was. We'll, we'll go on, we it won't ask you what year. Though. It was in Philly. I will say that it was one year in Philly. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know what all the years were in Philly, but I'm going to say that was probably like 2004. 
Oh, you're really nice. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it was it was 96. So well, that's not I had bad. no idea what I was getting into. No. Um, but it, you know, that really opened my eyes. And I think that and you know, work with the sports bar project, just realizing some of the similarities that we need to build on. Isn't that something though? Cause like I, I always enjoy the fact that I got to see Nick's first convention and he became the wide-eyed kid in the candy store. And I can only imagine like my first one was 2008, I believe, in Baltimore. And I'm sure I was the same wide-eyed kid, but there was something about it that when I got there, uh, I was just like in awe of, of everything. And it made me realize, A, like how much I suck at what I do. Um, how much better I need to get and how I can learn from this, this kind of awesome platform that unfortunately I only get three days, uh, to, to figure it out. Um, and then, you know, it was the kind of same way with, with Nick's first one, we were in Chicago, that was the first year for podcast row. And, you know, we had had like some of these shows lined up and I'll never forget. He was like, Hey, can I go to this session while that show's going on? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it was just like, I could see him running back and forth between where we were at to, to all the sessions, you know, kind of, you, you mentioned about that first experience, you know, that first convention for you, how did that maybe mold, be, start that mold of who you became as a coach or, you know, just the, the passion that you have for it? Um, like you, I was definitely wide-eyed and, and well over my head and bouncing from session to session. You know, you want to get to everything, I want to get to everything, and you just can't do that. Um, but, you know, you don't know that, and no one can tell you that until you see it. Um, I think it's um, it kind of got me into some of the coaching courses through United Soccer Coaches and NSCA at the time, and it just helped start building a network. Um, as, we went th- as I went through my coaching career, it was always great to go back every year and see everyone. Um, see who was wearing your shirt from a few shirts ago is always a piece of it. Sometimes you're going to look for um, a job. Other times you're going to reconnect. Other kind of times you're going for a meeting. Uh, I think it just provides this amazing platform potential. And I'm going to laugh now because there's a bouncing baby on the screen who is absolutely <laughs> adorable. I think this is Will's debut um, on Soccer Chat. <laughs> Say hi, bud. Oh, he is. And, and unfortunately, is that a people... holiday onesie? Yep. Oh, it is. Oh, it is a holiday onesie. Oh, how cute. Oh, I showed you that my size. Um, <laughs> my my daughter would take one if there was a Harry Potter onesie. She would take it. Ooh, very <laughs> she nice. is Harry. So as I'm sitting here, I'm I'm using their playroom as a makeshift office, and I have my take. I got this old our old dinner table, very small, um, where they've been doing a puzzle with their grandmother, and it's uh, some Harry Potter puzzle that. Nice. I th- I hate these virtual background things. You can't see anything on them. Um, but uh, I was just sitting here thinking like, oh, it's Will's debut and no one can see him because this is a podcast. It's audio. So uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry about that, Will. Maybe that when- can be our, it'll be our screenshot to end it. That'll be the one that we. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> to promote it. Um, you know, too, you think we were just kind of talking about that first convention. You know, yeah. Sarah had, had mentioned about what it was like for her with. Because uh, I kind of mentioned, I was, like, you know, was bright eyed, bushy tail, my first one. And, and I remember, I feel, I feel like a dad here. Like I, I remember Nick's first convention <laughs> and just the, the, the joy in him. You know, for you, what was that, that first convention feeling? Same thing, completely overwhelmed, excited. Um, and it's totally wide eyed and had no idea what I was getting into. You know, 20 something year old me going, oh, I'm professional. I'm an adult. And I went, oh, <laughs> there's a lot more out there. <laughs> there's a lot more to do. There's a lot more people doing amazing things. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's it's been fun for me, like you said, with Nick, is to introduce different people to it. Young coaches that I work with, I'm like, you've got to go to the convention. And they're like, really? And then they go and you just see that same face. Like, it's almost easy to pick out. Is this your first convention? They're like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that, that was definitely Chicago. So many people, so many people come to me. They're like, is this Nick's first time? I'm like, yeah. yeah. But just like, there's, it's it, like you said, it's so overwhelming. You just walk around and like, you just see so many different things happening. And it's just, it's hard to like, you want to do everything and you suddenly realize that that is impossible. And, and especially like, I, I think that the coolest thing for me with my first convention was kind of figuring out like what convention was really about. And it was about making connections. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're going to learn some great things. There's amazing speakers, but I just remember like all the people and like, we've always had great people around us, but like would introduce me to people. And then I like those people would introduce me to other people. And then now I get to go back and be the person and be like, Oh, hey, this is this new coach that I know, like, there's 20 of my friends, like, go hang out with them, you know, and that was a fun thing. I remember it was last convention where literally one of my friends who had never been to convention before, I had like called up and like, he was like, hey, I'm not, I'm in already. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm not getting into tomorrow. And he was like, oh, sounds good. I was like, but I got like four buddies that are in. I'll just, I'll group text you with them. And like, so he just went and hung out with like four strangers, but like, like, obviously like, it, it worked out because like we all have very common things that are important to us and stuff. So I don't know. It, that, that's my favorite part about convention. Yeah, absolutely. You reconnect with people that you may have worked with, you know, over the, you know, we all meet so many people, whether it's coaching where we are at camps, clinics, events, um, that it's neat to connect with them in person again in sort of a different setting. Um, yeah. And I love that. And that network, I think to me is what's one of the strongest pieces of it, whether you go to the convention to watch all the sessions and get new activities, new ideas or whether you go to look for a job or whether you're going for networking or meetings, there's so many different things going on at the convention. Each one's different because of what you're looking at as well as what's presented. So it's fun. We've asked everybody and and Nick kind of brought it up. um, You know, who is someone that uh, at convention, like that you're looking forward to see that like Nick and I were talking about, like there's people that we stay in contact with a lot, but we only see them physically once a year and that's yeah. at convention every January. Uh, so maybe who's, who's, who's some people that you're looking forward to, to seeing and, and be able to give a high five or a hug to. Wow. I, how long do we have? <laughs> I think that's I mean, we got, we got all the time in the world. We got all the time in the world. <laughs> I don't know if there's like one person. I don't want to like make someone feel bad if I forget to mention them. There's so there's so many people. It was neat. Like at the, well, here, we'll, we'll give, we'll give you a three. You can go with three. You'll, you'll give me three. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Not a person, but a thing. I always look forward to the goalkeeping sessions because they're, you know, I'm a goalkeeping nerd at heart and I love seeing the changes that it's, you know, changes that the coaching methodology has been through, the changes of the position. And I think that's kind of a bit of a niche where you run into a bunch of people kind of thinking the same way. So that's kind of fun to connect and sort of geek out on goalkeeping stuff for a little bit because you don't usually get to do that. Um, You're not always lucky enough to be in a room with so many uh, keepers. I think a lot of people from the um, Wisconsin Symposium, which has been an amazing event this year was, you guys missed a really good one. Um, Location was awesome and there were more people and it was just a really, um, I think had an outsized impact for the size of event that it is. I think there are about 250, but it's impact. uh, And there's some amazing people there that I'm excited to be able to see like almost a month and a half apart. So that's actually kind of cool and unique. Yeah. Um, And um, I think just reconnecting with friends that, as you said, you keep in touch with, but it's different in person where you can sit and grab a coffee or grab a beer and just hang out. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I can single out anyone in particular. It's always, 
someone, I always think there's someone I want to see. And then I see 10 other people that I'm like, oh my gosh, that was just exciting. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's for sure. That's for sure. And you can't walk down the hall without, you know, I was planning to get to that session, but instead I had like 10 conversations on the way, all of yep. which were really important. And the session was good too, but. <laughs> well, especially now, I mean, it's, it, you're going to be walking around almost on the, on the campaign trail. Um, you know, for, for someone voting who, yeah. who may be listening to this right now, you know, what does, what's a vote for, for Sarah mean, you know, obviously with, with things going on with the board, obviously, um, you know, new CEO with, with Jeff Van Dusen and, and other people, uh, along in, in various director positions, you know, what's kind of your vision? What is something that, um, you know, you would like to see from, from the association and, and what are things that they're doing good at and what are some things that they can get better at? Um, it's definitely evolved since my first time being there. Um, you know, it, the first convention, so many people and no place to be quiet except in the women's restroom, which people have joked about at different times. And I came back and I think I told that to, to some friends that I'm like, yeah, there's 10,000 people here and there's no line for the women's room. Um, <laughs> and I've seen that change a little bit. I think one of the neat things about United Soccer Coaches is, is, is its diversity and its potential diversity. Um, I think we don't take advantage of some of that sometimes and being able to have different backgrounds um, and different experiences, different levels of play, all kind of coming together on common ground. And I, I think that's one thing that I really want to bring in if I'm elected to the board is to build some of those connections between whether it's underrepresented groups, um, groups that may not feel they have as much of it or individuals that may not feel they have as much of it voice, but realizing that their voice and their ideas really resonate and connect with others. So they're not really as alone as you feel sometimes. Um, social media has certainly helped with that, but I think the ability to get outside of our silos and connect with others on common areas, we don't have to agree on everything and we're not, we may not all have the same backgrounds, but the ability to respectfully have a conversation about how to move forward, how can we make the organization more inclusive at all levels and how can we address things that are currently going on within soccer um, around the country and the world. Um, I think a lot was brought to light this year with regards to the Yates report, equal pay, um, and all of those things have an impact on us. We like to talk X's and O's and on the field and, and geek out on goalkeeping and other, and other things, but the other part of the sport is maybe not as pretty and a little bit harder to deal with. And I, I don't have the answers for that, but I think that conversation in those areas needs to move forward. Um, and I, I think if handled correctly, um, I think there'll be much more interest and another burst of growing interest in United Soccer Coaches because it could can be a body that is supportive um, in ways that perhaps leagues and um, youth structures may not be as nimble and able to adapt. Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I think kind of like you spoke on it a little bit, maybe elaborate a little bit more. What are some of the things that you would say are you're most passionate about in regards to this position? And also what are maybe some of the things that you feel that us as a soccer community in the United States can do a little bit better of a job as? Mm -hmm. Things I'm passionate about is soccer. There's a place in soccer for everyone, uh, whether you're a 15 year old on a tops program or whether you're an elite athlete at the national level or international level, college youth. There's a place for everyone in the sport. Uh, and I firmly believe that. Um, I think for me, 
that hit home. I was working with um, running a girls AYSO program at the same time I was running the girls North ODP program for Eastern New York, two completely different programs, but the kids in them loved the program that they were in and would have hated the other one. Um, the, the kid who shows up in jeans for her AYSO practice once a week would have been miserable in, at the ODP practice and vice versa. The other one. Um, so there's a place for everyone. And that's really what I bring into it. And I think that's what the, um, yeah, that's what I see the position as is making sure there is a place and a voice for everyone. Um, we all have different interests and but we're united in soccer. Um, and then the other, yeah, that's the first half of your question. The other half of your question was, sorry, there, I did not write it down. So I should have more uh, like, what do you think things are in that we need to fix in the U.S. Yeah. soccer landscape? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that's that could be we could go a lot of directions with that one. Um <laughs> You know, the one that's talked about most right now, which I'm very glad has come to light, is a conversation that nobody in soccer should be surprised about, is sort of the structure and some of the culture that has allowed inappropriate behavior to kind of be excused. Oh, they win, so, you know, that's not so bad. Um, oh, you're just saying that because, you know you know, you disagree or you didn't get playing time. Uh, I think those are things. And I was really glad to see, well, the, you know, the Yates report is a hard read um, for those of you that have read all of it or read, I got through about half of it, I'll be honest. And I was like, I can, every single story in person, you know, like you, you could relate to in many ways. Um, but what they did was they talked about what they opened the door for, I think more than what they called out on the NWSL and the co particular coaches that were in the report, they call out the systemic system. And it's a systemic system that in, in that report was impacting women, but I think it's also a systemic system that we're seeing and don't talk about as much when it impacts other populations as well. So I, I think that really opened a conversation that we need to have. Um, and it's one that's delicate. It's one, but on the other hand, it's not. Um, you know, you want to treat people with respect and there should not be abuse in games, but we know, or in sport, but we know there is. And I think that's the toughest, one of the toughest things to come up in the next couple of years, that's going to become a big thing, how we navigate that and how do we support, you know, not everything comes to trial. So how do you support note when you know something's going on, but it hasn't met that threshold of being prosecutable yet? Um, and as I said, I'll stumble through that question like most of us, but I think it's one we have to have the courage to start having um, and not having just in relation to women, but having in relation to other athletes. Um, any other demographic. Um, it may be slightly different stories, but just like the piece of equipment of the sports bar, it's a universal conversation. Um, and I think that's that's what I would like to see is that addressed so it becomes more supportive and inclusive, not just on paper and not just in words, but in in that. For, in, in regards to like the United Soccer Coach Association, um, there's almost like this kind of line in the middle where it's education on this side and our communities on the other for you. Cause I've always, I've said for the longest time that there there's a bridge that can be between those two and it doesn't have to be just one or the other. So if elected, like how do you feel you can get that bridge of the education piece along with the communities? Because I'm a, I'm a believer of, I, I love the education factor, but to be able to associate with groups that are of the same characteristics as you, as the same sexualities as you, uh, where you're from, things along those lines, like there is a community literally for every single person. And you don't just have to be stuck with one community. You can be no. involved in so many of them. Absolutely. Um, so we all across many different. Right. So how, labels. 
how do you feel like we can create that bridge to where those who are education only can then come across that bridge and see the beauty of what these these community groups do um yeah like you i absolutely don't think they i think the danger is when they operate separately uh, i think they have to operate together your education on the field you know with x's nose with you know soccer specific on fields coaching is one thing but then being able to relate to athletes and administration is that other piece and being part of a community in different ways so i think they there's absolutely a connection between them. I would like to see that bridged um, as a tangible. You know, I've been on coaching courses where, you know, and I can only speak to my experience. Most so these, most of these will fall on sort of the gender side of it, but they also happen in uh, to other groups as well that I may not be as aware of, um, just because I'm coming in with my background. Um, but I'm aware that there's others. You know, I've been in courses where um, they were talking about two people, and one was a man and one was a girl you know, little nuances like that. And it wasn't a player and a coach, it was two coaches. Um, nuances like that to education, understanding what language means. I was on another one where I was the only woman in a room. Um, and this wasn't as long ago as one would like to think. Um, and the coaches started off by saying, you know, it was about, it was a youth coaching course. And they started saying, well, sometimes I think women should just coach the girls because they're good with kids. And I'm like, Okay. Um, you're saying this. Ju Julian Sis just said, nah, fam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, um, no, let's think about that. Just because, you know, I'm a woman and yes, I have learned to handle kids. I borrow them and return them. They're lovely. I will spoil them rotten, give them the loud toys, and then I will give them back. Um, just because oh, that's the a parent's worst nightmare. Yeah, I know. I'm not aunt. Trust me. My sister is oh. well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Her, she's not she's not a sports person and the first gift i gave her daughter was a basket of various balls nice so, um i'm not aunt i didn't do the loud toys yet but um yeah so i think that, that that's i'd like to see that bridge because i think they're not isolated and how you teach and what you teach and how you coach and what you coach relate you have to be able to relate to people um and understand them even if you don't agree um and i think a lot of the language that's comfortable in sports for the majority is not comfortable for a lot of the underrepresented groups um, and I think the, the best education, informal education, I can say on that is to ask the question. There was a young male coach, probably in his twenties that I was working with, he was coaching a team and I was kind of coming to watch, um, the team as well as, as the keepers. And he kind of pulls me aside and he, he's sort of like, well, I have a question. I'm like, okay, you know, what is this? I had no idea where he was going. He's like, well, when you say man on they're women or girls, these were younger, what do I say? And I was like, that is the best question you could ever have asked. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, well, woman on is way too long. We're not saying that. So man on, it has been okay, but you can also say one on. Um, but asking that question for him, I'm always inspired when I see some of the younger coaches crossing where, you know, crossing out of their comfort zone to ask the questions of uh, someone who in their eyes represents a different group than they are. And, you know, to this day, I'm like, that is the best question I have ever gotten. And it was from a young coach just, you know, trying to figure out how to treat his athletes respectfully. And I was like, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's super cool. Super cool. Because I mean, that's something I'm sure like we all think about as as often mm -hmm. like I'm sure, like we, we joked for longest time, like Nick's old team always referred to themselves as the boys. And, mm -hmm. you know, just because you when you're speaking to a group of people, most of the time you're like, hey, guys, what's going on? Or, you know, things like that. 
But, you know, I find myself over the last few years, just like, okay, how can I change the phrase to where like, I even feel bad saying like, Hey, find your marks. So I'm like, okay, well, like, is it, could it, could it be find your Martha's or like find your, like, <laughs> I was trying it, to figure out where you were going with that. And I was like, I had no idea what direction this was going. <laughs> so awesome. like, so I'm trying to like That's figure awesome. out like, you know, obviously like I understand like the mark as a thing, but you know, if we're going to talk about it as a, as a person's yeah. name, like, could we come up with a, you know, something else to, to use? But um, it, it's interesting how, how in times like you start thinking about things like that. And for a younger coach to think about that and, and, and ask of that, like how that just shows where we're going, even if that's only one person that's asking that question, mm -hmm. that's all it takes is that start. Um, and, and I think with, with what the communities do, I think there's been more questions like that um, that have been asked, not just by the younger coaches, but I see from older coaches too, who are, who are allies or, or supporters and, and are trying to figure out, okay, Hey, how do we go about this and making, um, everybody comfortable? Um, well, knowing that we're going to stumble sometimes there's yeah, oh yeah, talking about some things. I might mess it up by all means. Tell me why. And we're not going to all have the same opinion. I think there's a tendency to put the communities into silos. Well, you're this, well, you're this, well, you're this. Like, as you said, they cross across many of these mm -hmm. and we need to have that connection. And I'm not the same as another woman. You know, I am a woman. Yes. But does that mean I represent all women? No. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I think that's there's a it's easy to do that to just kind of not stereotype, but put in put in sort of buckets. Oh, well, you're this, this and this without really having that conversation and finding where some of those commonalities are. The, the, the thing that I love though, the most in, in that aspect of, you know, we all cross through these various communities is I, I love something that I've always learned from, uh, Dan and, and cage from the LGBTQ coaches of, you know, they want to find you where you are mm -hmm. and, or meet you where you are. I think it was a phrase and, and Jonas Worth said that too, to us. And yeah. I think that's, I think that's, that's, you could say that that vouches for all communities, uh, in the United States Coaches Association of, uh, they all just want to meet you where you're at and then mm -hmm. kind of grow in and educate from there. Um, Sarah, obviously, like we said, you know, voting's here a start, I believe January 3rd. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're kicking off the new year with, with this episode. If there's somebody who, who maybe wants to know more, uh, kind of on your platform or kind of some ideas that you have, uh, how can they reach out and, and contact you? Um, best, but, uh, let's see, best contact would be to go through the sports bar project email probably. Um, and I can message that to you and ha so you have that. Um, that's probably the easiest. Um, also, you know, social media, I'm active on social media and so is the sports bar project. So certainly reach out to me at SD Schick is both is, um, Twitter. I think that's, yeah, and some others. And then the sports bar project too. If there, if you message through either of those platforms, I'll be able to, to connect on that. Um, yeah, and I really, you know, the soccer coach, you know, soccer coaches has been a huge part of my life for a long time, and I feel that I'm at a point where we need these conversations, and that's maybe one of my areas that I'm hoping to be able to bring into is to have the, those areas that bridge those conversations and have the awkward conversation. So if somebody does want to reach out and ask something, I'm, you know, I'm approachable. And we may not always agree, um, to be honest, we all have different opinions, but to have the conversations I think is important. So um, I would be honored to have anyone's vote for that and know that it is, um, I met with some of the communities earlier in the week and just hearing some of the similarities and differences of what their interests were now it's looking for those places to align 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, best of luck to you. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you here in just a little while uh, in Philly. Uh, so make sure to save one of those those coffees or, or beers for, for Nick and myself. Absolutely. Um, will you be on Podcast Row this year? We will. We awesome. will. We'll be there. Well, more more coffee for Nick. I'm, I'm not a coffee guy. So yeah. I'm, I'm a hot chocolate guy. I, so I'm a weird guy. I'm the, I'm the guy to go to Starbucks and get a hot chocolate. Like that's, I'm, I don't know. I'm weird. Like when I say coffee, I just mean anything generic, warm or cold. Yeah. Warm, it's a drink. Warm drink. Okay. Although it, I did, it's I did a see general a, term. Talk about language. Coffee is now. Oh, we'll right. Coffee it could be a tea. It could be hot chocolate. Although I did see on TikTok the other day this like secret Oreo drink that you can order, but like only the baristas know it. And so this guy like outed it, and I'm like, I'm going to try that here very very soon. <laughs> Well, awesome. awesome. Sarah, it's so good getting to chat with you. We're going to see you here, like we said, in, in a little bit in Philadelphia. So we can't wait to can't wait to get with you uh, while we're there. And, and best of luck to you. And maybe one day we'll be humming hail to the chief uh, after, after everything. <laughs> well, don't do goes. that. <laughs> but I appreciate, I appreciate you taking Love meeting your little one, Nick. That's awesome. He's super cute. Assume he won't be at the convention yet. Not quite he ready. Will not. I would love to take him. My wife, I think, would... I think this is going to be like a good week for her to like just hang out with him. That sounds, <laughs> sounds good. Well, I look forward to seeing both of you. And again, thank you for taking the time to chat. And yeah, anyone can reach out. Um, again, another awesome interview. Uh, Sarah, great friend of the show, has done so many amazing things for young women around the world. And like, and I think that's the, it, when we get to meet people like this through this show, I think it just reinforces to me like how cool the soccer community is and how much people are out there trying to help. And so again, it, it's been great to reconnect with Sarah and I'm very excited to see her and definitely getting my vote for, again, everything that she does and, and everything that she'll continue to do going forward. Yeah, I, I think uh, when, when you look at the the potential candidates, um, you know, not trying to to put heat on on anybody, but I just kind of feel like Sarah gives what we're looking for at this moment in time. Uh, for me, I, I've said, uh, as I said in the interview, the the community aspect is something I feel is very very important. Uh, yes, United Star Coaches is about the education of coaches. I totally get that, but I do think that you can. Um, put that bridge up between those, those two, between the education side uh, and the community side. Um, and I feel like she is someone who's going to help continue push that um, as there are some who are trying to make that not a thing anymore. And I think if you break the communities away from the association, I think you have some, some, some hard times coming up. And, you know, I, I think it just, it's, it's something where, um, I think more and more people are looking to get involved. Um, you know, I think for for those that want to get involved, like here's a great step into learning about more uh, and and doing the necessary education to uh, figure out how you can get involved in in more things. Um, I will personally say myself for the last year has been doing the things to learn about how to get involved more uh, and and more on that at a at a later date. Um, but again, it, it, it's convention time. I'm super excited. Uh, just kind of, uh, we're going we're gonna to tease you with some of the shows we got coming up. We we did announce that Randy Waldrum will. Uh, it's a, it's like a convention like tradition. Uh, you know, again, the Masters is the the tradition unlike any other. Well, if it's convention in their soccer chat, 
Coach Randy Waldrum has to has to come on and, and chat with us. Uh, so we look forward to catching up with him uh, on Thursday, uh, as well as uh, we are going to have um, who I'm super excited with, which I have like the most random question for them um, when it comes time to do it. Um, and I got it. And I, 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 it was so funny because when I was able to reach out, I was surprised that they, they responded back. Um, but we're going to be able to, uh, chat with somebody who was in the news lately, uh, of winning the national championship in her very first year as a head coach from the university of California, Los Angeles coach Ao Zaza. And I know I'm saying that wrong and I, and I, and, and I'm going to have her give me the correct pronunciation uh on that because i know that i'm I'm going to mess it up but we're gonna have coach marguerite on with us i'm super excited to talk to her because i just like you just look at what that team was like like so i i went to the college cup and, and i watched the first game and the warm-up of that team the vibes I, I i was in awe like i'm sitting here like oh like my team's got good vibes before pregame we're dancing we're cutting up blah blah ucla like just put me back down and humbled me very quickly about pregame vibes. So I'm, I'm super pumped uh, to be able to chat with her. Um, also, uh, we're going to have another coach that was in the news, Coach Julianne Sitch, uh, who was the first female head coach of a men's program to win a national championship. And not only did she do that, she did it in year one and did it undefeated. Like... Yeah. I I, I I keep joking with her. I was like, you, you realize most of us lose a game in our first like three games. Like, you, you like I I can't wait to hear what that. Some of us lost like. all three of our first three games. <laughs> same same. <laughs> um, and I I keep telling her I'm just like you. I can't wait to hear what the household's like between you and Shannon when you lose your first game. Like yeah. what is, what's gonna happen? Like how are you going to feel when you finally lose a soccer game? Like, I told her. Know? I told her, and I'll tell her again whenever we chat with her. Like. I'd have quit on the spot, retire. Like how, like how much, like obviously there's a competitor in all of us, but how much better does it get than winning a national championship in your first year, going undefeated, being a female coaching a men's team? Like how do you, how, how does that be topped? And some people say, well, winning a second one. I don't think, I don't think a second one tops what, what she did this year. No. And I I think the cool thing, especially with her and because, and we'll obviously get the chance to talk to her about it. Like, she's opened the doors for so many other females that are looking to break into the men's game and shown that it's very doable and not only very doable, but very like something that people can succeed at. And so I think for us, it'll be very cool to speak there. Cause I think anyone that watched those games and like her players love her and respect her for sure. So her being a female had nothing to do with it. She was a soccer coach. And I think that was the coolest thing about it is like, I, like it just shows how what type of character they have at University of Chicago that they're just like yeah you, you just coach us like we don't care we don't care what that is and I think that was the cool thing because like at the end of like everything they won they dumped the Gatorade on her but the amount of her players that were like throwing their arms around her that's more than any of my players would throw around <laughs> me, you know? yeah and, and so I think that was the cool part is how happy they were uh, not only for their own success but for her success as well. Well, as we said, United Star Coach is coming up in Philadelphia. Uh, Nikki, I think, is getting in on Tuesday. I'm going to get in on Wednesday. Uh, so we look forward to catching up with everybody. Podcast Row starts at 8 a.m. on Thursday morning. I can tell you all we are not going to have a show at 8 a.m. 
on Thursday morning. It is not happening. Um, but uh, we will be there at our booth, uh, being able to, to hang out with you all, and we'll be chatting with you all throughout convention. Stop by as we keep releasing these shows that we're going to be doing, um, where you can stop by, have a chat with somebody, maybe ask a question if you want to. That's fine. Hop on the show. You probably are a better host than Nick and myself, um, or probably at least have, have better questions than we do. Um, but, you know, stop by, say hello. Uh, you know, kind of we talked about in the uh, our interview with Sarah, too. Of, you know, we'll be in the hallways. Even though we may be going to something, stop, we'll chat. Um, we both have missed things that uh, we, we, we are trying to get to because we, we just want to chat with everybody. And that's what Soccer Chat's all about. And that's also what convention's all about. It's that networking, getting connected with, with people. Um, and I, I think, again, if you haven't went before and you're, you're thinking about going here, let us help you out. Get a discount. Use the promo code hashtag chat23 when you register for convention uh, and and just come experience it. I've never been to one in Philly before, so that's something that's intriguing about me. It's like I, I think there's only – there's next year in Anaheim is the only locations that I've not been to. Uh, so it's like, I've got to get these two uh, out of the way. Um, and again, we also have to make sure to, uh, to thank our, our, our friend, Jeff Van Dusen for uh, inviting us out for podcast row. And we'll be chatting with him uh, while we're at convention. He'll be coming on the show. Normally he comes on before convention and, and kind of does a preview for us. Uh, but we're going to actually do it live at convention. Um, he's uh, been super awesome enough to, uh, make some time in his busy schedule. If you ever see Jeff like at convention, I think it's, it's the same way with any of the CEOs at United Star Coaches. They always have like their secret service person. Like they walk and they like want to talk to you and somebody pulls them away. Um, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, but Jeff is super cool. He's going to come chat with us uh, live at Podcast Row uh, at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. And again, if you want to go or you haven't signed up yet, let us help you out. Hashtag chat 23 as a promo code and save yourself some money uh to be able to maybe buy some more things at the exhibitor hall you never know um but uh you know nick if somebody's uh attending convention and maybe they want to get connected with you and have that that coffee or that that drink with you uh how can they reach out and connect with you at coach n rizzo um what about you brother and mine is at coach soderling will do you have your your twitter account i i hope that your account will be at young y-u-n-g will rizzo can, can, can we make that happen? We can definitely make that happen. I feel like Will would have more followers than us very, very quickly. That yeah. and that and that is how you can chronicle his life. And then when he's old enough, you can give him the access to it, and he's going to look back and be like, "Wow, Dude, he pooped again." Yeah, it happens. It happens. While we were recording, Nick had to change a diaper. Now he's going to have to do it again. He's learning, folks. He is learning, and I tell him all the time, he's just getting started. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Again, this is Soccer Chat for Coaches by Coaches. We've got some great friends that help out the show, like our friends over at Duke Brand. Go check them out at duketobrand.com for all your coaching accessory needs. And while you're there, use the promo code Soccer Chat. Get yourself a sweet discount. Our friend Mike Kobolinski just ordered a bunch of stuff uh, from Duke Brand. Give you, it a try you, out. You do, you do great work for the, the Duck Tig people. <laughs> uh, my friend Tim Wolves from Midway University, he just reached out the other day. He's like, hey, what's your promo code for Duke Tig? I'm going to get some stuff. Um, and, you know, hey, Soccer Chat, use it. Soccer Chat. Uh, when you are over at DuteTubeBread.com, I've, I've said the DLX, I think, is a fantastic one. The Scout's a fantastic one. But if you're in a cold weather area, get the next sweater. You're probably going to want one uh, while you're in Philadelphia because I'm going to guess it's going to be cold, especially if you're going to be like me going from Tampa, Florida to Philadelphia. You're going to want to have that thing because it's going to be a completely different weather than it will be in Florida if you're going to be at the ECNL, which if you're going to be there, I'll be there. Holler at me. Say hi. I uh, would love to love to chat with you all. But again, it's our favorite time of year. It's the United Star Coach Convention. We can't wait to see you. 
Uh, and big thanks to our friends at Exact Sports for powering Soccer Chats. As always, the, the convention for us wouldn't be what it is without Exact Sports helping us out uh, and powering Soccer Chat for you all. So make sure to give them a, a look at exactsports.com. Great camps. Uh, the registration, I believe, are going to be starting soon for the Academic ID 50 camps, which are the ones I go to on the summer that are three days. There are still some one-day camps going on, so if you're in the area, check it out. Coaches, hit them up. You can get in. Uh, go work some awesome camps that you're going to enjoy working with some great kids as well. He's Nick. I'm Sean, and, and that is, that's young Will, and he, he needs to get his diaper changed because uh, he's not wearing any pants. He's just going, he's going with the shirt. He's going bottomless. Bottomless Will. Bottomless what a Twitter will. handle that would be. Bottomless Will. It's his natural state. <laughs> we absolutely love it. The best part about Soccer Chat is that we get to do it all over again next week. And when we do it next week, we're going to be live in person, baby. Don't you worry about it. Philadelphia, here we come. It's your boys, Nick and Sean. Nick, I will catch you in Philadelphia. Catch you in Philadelphia. <laughs>